Well, we're going to spend our time this morning um, that we have, the rest of our time together, talking about what went on in Mexico. Now, a lot of you, I heard, Suzanne actually told me the amount of hits on our Facebook and our website, looking at all the pictures we posted. We tried to keep you going, what was going on, so you could keep praying for us. And I'm going to tell you, your prayers worked. I don't want to steal anybody else's stories, because our whole group, matter of fact, why doesn't our, our, our team come up here this morning? Our, our missions team, why don't you guys all come up here and grab a seat in one of these chairs? And everybody who went on the missions trip, so come on up. There should be seven of us that you all actually show up this morning. Um, our flight got delayed last night. So um, I actually got to sleep at about 1.30. I know Stephanie was here loading stuff on the, on the computer till 1.30 this morning, um, trying to get pictures on for you guys. And so, uh, um, so anyways, we went, and it was just blessed. Um, and the you know, reason I bring it up about the pictures were posted while we were gone is a lot of people were praying for our missions trip, and it looked like Stephanie wasn't going to be able to go. She, she, oh, then I won't tell a story. You can tell a story? Then I'm not, then I'm not going to say it. So she will fill you in why she almost couldn't go and what happened. And I just want to kind of set up our, set up our time uh, uh, before I just let everybody give a chance to share. In First John, um, it talks about, it says, no one's ever seen God. But it says that when we love one another, his love comes to full expression through us. First John 4.12. That his love comes to full expression through us. So that when, when somebody, when we love other people, we, and that's a tangible action. Love is an action. It's not a feeling. When we act in love towards other people, that we actually reveal the reality of Jesus. And that's what we were doing um, down in Mexico. And so all of us are going to kind of talk about some of the things we experienced. And um, I want to start by telling you a story. And some of you who went last year, who, right, who went last year also on a mission trip to Mexico? So all these people, so a bunch of other people, last year we built a house um, for a poor family. And this is the, the great follow-up to that I get to tell you. That family that we built the house for, very poor, they kind of lived in like a little garden shed. We built them a house that is 20 by 28. That's their whole house. And they have now about 12 people, right? 12 people, I think, living in that house. It's, it's packed. Four little bedrooms, like eight foot by... What, what? Eight by eight bedrooms, eight by eight. So every corner is packed with, with people. Well, one, in that family, one of their sons, before we built that house, an, an older son, an adult son, um, would have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church. And because a bunch of Americans came down there, as you remember, you guys raised the money. We bought the materials. About a dozen of us went down there, and we built that house that since that day, Pastor Danielle told me that the older son just couldn't believe that we would come down there and do that, and that he started attending church. And every Sunday, almost, he went to church. Well, it gets better, because you can attend church and not be a Christian, right? All kinds of... I attended church for years, and I wasn't a Christian. I didn't know Jesus. And, and Pastor Danielle talked to him recently. So it's been almost a year later. He's been attending church, and he's getting more interested and more interested. And Pastor Danielle said, you know, um, where are you at? Where are you at with Jesus? And he said, he said, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I want to give my life to Jesus and, and, get, and, and give my heart to Christ. And then he said, and I want to get baptized. And so coming up, amen, coming up in the next couple of weeks, um, and I, I don't remember his name, but, you know, me and names. I can remember my own kids' names. What's this? Raphael. Raphael is getting baptized, 
And a huge part of the reason he did is because of a bunch of Americans from Port Washington, Wisconsin, raised $8,000 last year, sent the money ahead, bought the materials, and a dozen of us went down there and built the house. And it's because of 1 John 4.12. No one's ever seen God. People walk around this world and they go, is God really real? They don't know. But then what happens is God displays his reality through his people. And they saw love. And he said, you know what, this, this is real. And his whole life has been transformed. The whole family has been transformed. While we were down there, the daughter of that family, in Mexico they have to have a civil wedding before a, before a church wedding. She had the, one of the days we were down there, they all went to Pastor Danielle, took them to, San, to, uh, to Ensenada to have their civil wedding so they can get married. So one of the girls is, of the family is getting married um, and I guess I'm not even sure she's really officially married now or not. The government says she is, but I think they wait till they have a church wedding till they're really married. And so anyways, um, that activity made a big difference. What we did down there made a big difference. So here's what I want to do with our time together, kind of a setup. I want to show a short clip of me just showing you the building we built. It's going to take like literally like a minute. And then, just hold that for a second. And then I'm going to... Um, have our people share, and I've been requested especially who goes first and second, I think. <laughs> um, and we're just going to take each take a few minutes and share something about the trip. And then I'm going to show a little, short little clip of Pastor Danielle, and then we'll wrap it up. So let's listen to this. Now, this was taken on a little handheld, like a, a phone, so got to listen really close, okay? We're making it as loud as we can. Go ahead. Well, we give you an update on what we accomplished while we've been here in San Vicente for a week. Um, if you look out this direction, this is the one wall we did not get finished of the house. And that is the church building over there, on the other side of the van and the, and the bus. Um, that's the church building. And um, what we did, if you pan back this way, Brett, we built this upper level of this building. We didn't get the one wall built uh, on one side, but what we did do is the four-bedroom house. And um, this is going to be a living room and uh, a bathroom over here. So we got all this up, the whole roof on. Um, we got all the walls built, all the siding on, and um, ready just when the church next Sunday is going to finish this one wall, just putting the sheet on the outside. And then they'll begin to do the plumbing and electrical and the, and the drywall. So we got a lot done. There were six of us and then or seven of us and then about four people from the Yugo team and then a number of people off and on from the local church so we had a lot done in four full days of working worked about nine hours a day every day and uh, so we're all pooped and uh, ready to come back to America and you'll be seeing this on Sunday morning so uh, you guys did a great job raising the money to build this project I think this is going to help the the industry family here, be able to stay here more comfortably and, and reach this community. So, good job. The thing that communicates the best is, I look exhausted in that, don't I? <laughs> we were, and still are, exhausted. At least I am. Maybe you're tougher than me, but crawling out of bed this morning at 545 was, was about impossible. Because um, we, are, none of us are construction workers, and we worked hard. These guys, they did it, man. They worked. They just worked from sun up to sundown every single day to get the project done. So now I'm going to give them a chance. A microphone. You can stand or sit, whichever you want, and I want you to share something about the trip. Um, first, I have to just um, 
some of you, a lot of you probably know that have been praying for me because I was very sick, like a week and a half to two weeks before we went. And I lost like eight pounds because I couldn't eat. I was very sick. And um, up until Thursday, like I didn't know whether I was going on the trip. But all you people were praying for me, the ones that knew, and I'm pretty sure it was God because, like, I did. It was no gradual getting better. It was like I was sick, and the next day I felt awesome. And I'm telling you, so if you prayed for me, thank you, because it, um, yeah, it worked. So I just that was the most important thing I wanted to get out. Um, um, the thing that I like this is my second time in San Vicente. The thing that I like is their worship. I like that the most, and it, and it was like as Pastor Mark said, it was full like i noticed when i walked in the church that they added chairs all the way to the back and i thought that was so cool because you know they're bringing people in and god's changing lives and it was just really cool to see that and their worship though is it was an hour long and we sang and sang and sang i couldn't understand hardly any of the words but i recognized almost all the songs and it was just cool to look around and, and those people are just it was so pure and so genuine i mean they were just worshiping god you know with everything they had and, and it was just Really cool to see. It's the same. And the presence of God is the same here as it is there. And it's just really cool. Um, I, I appreciate that. Um, and the, it was cool seeing the same people again, like Arnon and Juan and some of the other workers, because they recognize you because you worked with them last year. And, and that was pretty fun. So kind of made some connections and building relationships there. And with my team, you know, Pat, I know Pat a little better. You know, Jim, I know Jim a little better. You know, I mean, I just know people better. So it's that's cool, too. And um Jim is very adventurous. I love to go for walks with Jim. So, for sure. Um, and the food was good. Um, we had, I, I lost eight pounds, but I weighed myself this morning, and I gained four or five back. So, I ate a lot. It seems like we were eating, like, every four hours, and I'm like, oof. So, yeah, it was really good. Um, a little bit of it was a little too spicy for me. So, every once in a while, I would give my tamale to Chris, and he was gracious enough to... To take that for me, like three times I did that. I took a bite and I'm like, Chris, you want another tamale? So, so Holly, I'm sorry if you gained a few pounds. It was probably my fault. So, anyway, that, the food was good. I tried cactus. Never had cactus, so that was interesting. Um, and we had this little, on Friday we stopped at this little taco stand. Um, best tacos ever. I don't know what kind of meat it was, but it looked like steak. They just chopped it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what kind of, but it was, re- it was really, really good, I have to say. Like, the best tacos ever. And I don't know if I put a picture on of that restaurant, I'm sure. But, um, but that's it. I don't want to steal too many more people's stories. But um, honestly, I just want to um, – it, it really is, I think, as much as it a blessing is for them, it is for me um, to go and just – I don't think that there's anything greater than to go and be a part of that and to help someone else. It's, it's a privilege, and I, I feel blessed that I um, am physically able to do it and that God has allowed me to be financially able to do it. So um, anyway, that's it. Pastor said, um, say something that we learned when we're down there. Um, You hear a lesson, and you might not learn it. And all through life, the next step, you just grow a little more, and you understand just a little more. Um, I jumped out of a plane once and and got um, He didn't give me fear. He did not give me a spirit of fear. I had no fear of going. My sister begged me, Patty, please don't go. You ready to go. God did not lead me to this point to not um, to not go. I had no fear of going at all. The other thing, 
each one of you prayer down the word love. And every one of you will have a different definition of love. And I learned a while ago that the the word love is is God's spirit flowing through man. We were created for good works. So if God's spirit is flowing through us to touch the hearts and meet the needs of others, that's what love is. And when we went down to Mexico, they had nothing. They they have nothing. Um, most of us give more in our tithe than they make in a month. They have nothing, and yet we ate so. I eat shark. I eat shark <laughs> and cactus and green spaghetti, and it was wonderful. It was something called moly. Oh my God! It's it's something made with chocolate. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> but 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 that's they they just loved on us, you know. And if any of you get a chance to to go or do anything, and even in our own community, and you all do it. You work in the kitchen. You meet the needs of other people. You teach in our classes. You you, you usher. You know, that's God's love flowing through you to meet the needs of everybody else, and that's what love is. And it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Que pasa, calabasa. I'm pretty sure that means what is happening, zucchini. I, I want to say thank you to the entire body of this church for investing in this project and in the community of San Vicente. It really meant a lot. Um, it was uh, really obvious to the people that we met that uh, they were happy to see us, especially the people who went um, last year, and um, it was a wonderful experience. One um, personal thing I wanted to share was during the worship service last Sunday, there was a little girl that was running up and down the aisle, um, maybe 12 or 18 months old. She was, you could tell, she was um, pretty new on her legs. And she would run up and she would look back, see if her parents were watching. And uh, she kept doing that up and back. And while I was watching her, I felt as if God's presence just settled on me. And he said, that's like you and me. And um, I keep looking to see where he is in my circumstances. And he just confirmed that I've got you. I've got you. And there was just such a peace. Uh, So many things, uh, minor crises or issues that continue to go on in my mind and bother me, just resolved, settled, you know. Nothing matters because God's got me. And it was just, uh, you know, I don't know why I had to go to Mexico to find that, but <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it, was, it was a very meaningful part of my experience, and I, and I really appreciate the opportunity, and, and all of you uh, made that possible, and, and I thank you.
Just a little comment on what you said. You said, why did I have to go to Mexico? Um, we get out of our relationship with the Lord what we put into it. There's a, it's, a, it's a sowing and a reaping. When you take risks and you put energy into doing, it doesn't have to be going to Mexico, whatever it is, to teach a class, to witness to your neighbor. When you put energy into it, you reap back something. And so God, you know, dealt with you or met you in a special way in that place um, because you put energy into it. That's for all of our lives. It's a lesson for all of us. Amen? Amen. Let's see who's next here. How about if we do Jim next? Buenos dias. And I found out after about 6 o'clock at night or 5 o'clock at night, you don't say buenos dias anymore. And I was corrected many times. <laughs> the interesting thing that I find when I was in Mexico is um, I don't know the language very well. I don't remember the things that I do learn very well. I think that's maybe my age or something. I'm not sure. But I did try to find out the price of copper, scrap copper, in Mexico. Now, you might want to figure out how to do this. And Kevin was with me, so I'm going to ask him to come up here for a second. So Kevin, and here, hold the mic for a minute for me like this. Kevin was the guy I was trying to talk to, and Kevin's with me, and I'm saying, um, uh, plum, plumbing, plumbo, plumbing, plumbing. <laughs> so finally, the, like, water, plumbing. And the guy says, and he says, whatever he said, agua, agua, oh, yeah, yeah, plum, plum, plum. He goes, okay, okay, he said, Tube, tube dealer, tube. And he says, oh, tube dealer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quanto pesos? And he says, Ensenada. <laughs> I don't know, I have a clue if he knew what I was saying or not. But it was, we had, a, we had such a good time trying to communicate with people in the community. Uh, that's one of the things I, I guess I really enjoy. We were out, Kevin and I were out for a walk one morning, and uh, there's a little boy, and he was sitting in front of this, this shed that you would, here we would be burning it. I mean, it would just be scrap wood that we would just be burning. And this was his home. And he's got a a tire, um, the iron, the rim for the tire, steel tire. He's got a little fire in there, and there's a little pot on top of this, and he's probably cooking whatever's going to be for breakfast for his mom and a brother were there. And they were inside, and he was singing. We were coming up the road, and we heard this little voice just singing, stirring this little pot, sitting around this little fire. The scrap wood, you'll see eventually some pictures, but the scrap wood that was hitting the deck, and we would just push it under and out of the way, the kids started playing with it. It became their building blocks. And then one of the little boys went over to uh, the dirty uh, uh, water from mopping the floors and things. There was a bucket there. And he, he took that block, and he was floating it in the water, and it became his boat. And I was just thinking, children are children. They find the coolest things to play with if they have nothing. And that's what these kids were doing. And this is what they had for toys to play with. And uh, I kind of adopted one, one, one uh, uh, family, two, two little boys. And one was uh, uh, Jacob. Jacob. Hobo? Hakobo. See? Hakobo. And there was the huck part I couldn't get too well. Hakobo. And... Uh, I would just take this little guy, and, and I would just hold him whenever I could get opportunities to hold him and carry him around. And his mom was working so hard there. They were living in, a, a, in one of the little rooms. This church does more than just become a church. Uh, they don't just have services there. They have 
This family of three live in this little one-room little section, and uh, they had no place else to go. And the place they were going to live, I think there was asthma problems, and the, the children couldn't stay there. So the church opened up this little room, and they're letting them live there. And then she would work all the time, wherever you saw there was something to be done. She was trying to, to work and pay back and get things done. And um, maybe some of you saw there's a salon at the church now, too. So you can get your hair cut in Mexico if you like. Guapo, guapo, very guapo, nice. So I got my hair colors there. Yeah, yeah, so we had a great time. Um, but this, the, the reason I, I guess I, I don't, it didn't come to me till later, later in the week is that these two boys never had any male influence in their life. The grandpa or the dad died, um, and he was a stepdad, and he was a pretty good guy. The one father of the other child, he was just not good at all, and he just left and abandoned them. And so these kids never had any male influence other than maybe somebody talking to the child for a little bit. So I would rock this little boy, and I would sing songs to him, and his brother, I'd grab him and put him in my lap, and we would just, uh, we'd just kind of hang out together. And I thought, well, it's not much, but it's a week, and, and maybe, maybe it would make a slight difference. But uh, one of the most interesting things that probably has happened to me over this trip is the reality that I, I question, what's my mission here? What am I doing here at home? You know, I, I love going on mission trips and building things and talking to people about Christ uh, when I'm away. But what am I doing at home? And it came to reality is, you know, am I really affecting people for Jesus Christ in my life here at home? And so that's one of the questions that I'm dealing with at home as I come home. I would watch Jim with that with those little kids, and I said, if, I shouldn't even say this out loud because people, me, my phone might ring. I said, if I ever had a grandkid who needs to be taken care of, I'm calling Jim because, oh, my goodness. We worked. I mean, we none of us worked construction. We were exhausted. Maybe I'm just more of a wimp than them, but I was exhausted. And when I'm laying there just dying in a chair trying to have Brett pick me up, seriously, lift me up so I can go back to work, Jim's out there playing with babies, and I'm going, Hi, welcome to call him the Energizer Bunny. I'm like, how is he doing it? But um, it was giving those little boys a week, of a, a week with a dad or a grandpa around. What a great thing. Brett. Good morning. Um, I just want to, buenos dias. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone that um, contributed to helping build this, uh, the building that we built. Um, it was a really big blessing uh, to be able to go and to serve down in Mexico. And uh, I'm just very appreciative that you guys helped raise the money for that and gave all of us um, something to do down there and a way to serve. Um, the, I just wanted to share a story uh, that kind of touched me. Um, it was the fourth day, or I think the fourth day was Thursday, and we had finished uh, working that day. We were doing siding, and I got to work with a man named Dario, and he was a he was an awesome guy. He didn't speak much English, but, um, you know, we tried to communicate, and he always had a big smile on his face, and um, just had a really good time working with him. And that night we went to church because he was someone that was at the church, and um, 
after service, me and Kevin were talking to him, and he was saying how happy he was. He said, I'm, I'm happy with my family, and I'm happy with the church, and I'm so happy that you guys came down. And he said, um, I wouldn't trade this life for nothing. God is good. And I just thought how awesome that it was that uh, in San Vicente, where, where they didn't have much, um, that he found contentment, he found happiness and joy in a place where they didn't have much. I mean, I find myself a lot of times, you know, you're not happy because your cell phone dies or, you know, you don't have something and, you know, they have nothing. Um, but he was happy because of God and his life. So I thought that was that was awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. I'll have Pastor Chris share, and then I'm going to show you the pictures that I was supposed to show you in the beginning. Um, we get a little break today because our brains aren't working because we have no sleep. So, <laughs> Pastor Chris. Buenos días. En este momento, yo quiero hablar en español, y voy a traducir uh, para mí mismo. Um, I'd like to speak in Spanish this morning, and then I will translate for myself. So I don't know if I'll get either one of those right, but <laughs> yo yo quiero escribir una un un pasaje de de la Biblia en Juan capítulo 17 versículo 11 y dice ya no estoy en el mundo más estos están en el mundo y yo voy a ti Padre Santo a los que me has dado guárdalos en tu nombre para que sean uno, así como nosotros. In John chapter uh, 17, verse 11, it says, um, Jesus is saying, I'm not in the, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I come to you. Um, Holy Father, the ones that you have given me, guard them in your name, so that they will be one as we are one. He si vas a vas a, a, a México, po, podrías ver a un gente que siguen el mismo Señor, que leen la misma palabra, guiado por el mismo Espíritu. If you go to Mexico, you will see people who follow the same Lord read the same word, and are guided by the same Holy Spirit. Somos uno. Y creo que cuando Jesús oró aquella oración, Él imaginó un cuerpo, un cuerpo solo, una iglesia, no Uh, iglesia um, uh, americana y iglesia mexicana, pero una iglesia, no un cuerpo uh, mexicano o cuerpo americano, pero un cuerpo. I think that when Jesus prayed that prayer, he imagined one body, he imagined one church, not a Mexican church and not an American church, not a Mexican body, And not an American body, but one body and one church. Pero nos dividimos por idiomas. Nos dividimos 
por estilo de, de servicio o estilo de, de adoración. Nos dividimos por uh, música. Pero creo que Jesús no imaginó estas divididas. Solo un cuerpo, una iglesia. We divide ourselves based on languages. We divide ourselves based on style of worship. We, be, we divide ourselves based on what music we like. We like. But Jesus Christ didn't imagine that. He just imagined one church and one body of Christ. Y por lo tanto, cuando, cuando vamos a México... Y visitamos una iglesia cristiana en México. Estamos en nuestra iglesia. When we go to Mexico and when we visit a Christian church, we're going to our church. Vamos a nuestra gente. We're going to our people. Y creo que esto... Era el imagen en el mente de Jesús cuando oró en aquel tiempo. And I believe that that was the image that Jesus had in his mind when he prayed at that time. Y yo doy gracias a Dios para esta, uh, esa experiencia y para su misericordia para nosotros y para aquellos también, I give God glory for this experience and for his mercy for on us and for us and towards the people there as well. Y me gustaría decir uh, bienvenidos a nuestras visitas también este día. Um, I wanted to also um, say welcome because we have some other visitors here today too. So... Um, gloria a Dios, porque Él está trabajando, está, está obrando uh, alrededor del mundo. Um, he is working, I, I give God the glory because He's working here and around the world. Gracias. Some of you might not know this, but every Sunday... We have a Spanish service here on our, on our facility. While we're having church in English, Pastor Chris is leading a Spanish service um, on the, in the other building, in the, the building across the connector, that they run every single Sunday, Spanish worship, uh, Spanish preaching. It's translated funny. It's preached in Spanish. It's translated into English um, for them. And, uh, but they have a number, and some of the people um, who are here are, um, don't understand English, maybe at all, or very little. And so what a great blessing that we can provide that. We're the only church in the entire area that offers anything in Spanish. And so we just felt that God wanted us to do that a number of years ago, been working at it. And this morning, you might not be aware of it, but um, everything we're saying in English is being translated simultaneously into Spanish. And some of the Spanish-speaking people are listening to the service um, on earphones this morning. And so um, that was something that God led us to do before we ever went to Mexico on a missions trip. God led us to do, led Pastor Chris and, and Holly here 
to uh, to lead that ministry, and uh, we're really glad that as a church we get to do that. And what Pastor Chris said is so true. We're not two different churches. We're one. We're, we're all one. Now, the language does divide. Certain things do divide and make it difficult. But what we found going to Mexico is it may be difficult, but it's number one, it's not impossible, and number two, it's actually a lot of fun. Um, it really is. Jim trying to figure out how much copper costs, and the guy thinks, you're insane. I have no idea what you're thinking. You know, all the time, they're looking at me, and they just... I just give up. They have no idea what, what I'm going on. It's fun. You know, so you'd be an adventurer. So, so um, anyways, I want to show you some pictures, and I'll just talk through them really quick. Um, I know we're running out of time, um, but I'll talk through them, and then I'll show a little clip at the end of Pastor Danielle. So this is the, this is the house. We we're, did something. They asked us to do was to, to expand their parsonage. Their parsonage is very small, and we thought about that. We said, is that a good investment of God's kingdom money? You know, investing into a parsonage, and we really looked at it, and the key to this ministry, and this ministry is working, is keeping Pastor Danielle and Angela there. It really is. It, he is an incredibly gifted and sharp young man. Incredibly gifted. And um, God's using him. This, was a, this ministry was completely shut down five years ago. There was, they had, somebody had come in from the outside, built a couple of little buildings. They were dilapidated. They were uninhabited, except by stinking roosters. <laughs> the roosters kept us awake all night, every night. They have cockfighting, and they raised roosters right next to the uh, hotel. And they don't just crow in the morning. They crowed all night long, every night. And so this place is just overrun. So Pastor Danielle and, and Angela came in and agreed to come in and try to reopen this place, or actually build it and open it. And so they built some new buildings. And this was just it's maybe about an 800-square-foot building um, that they lived in. So we put a second story on it. And so this is the original house, so we can move on. Um, here's just some progress. They had a flat roof, and believe it or not, it never rains. It's a high desert. The night we got there, they tore off all the sheeting off that roof. That's their ceiling. And it poured out the whole night long and flooded the whole inside of their house. There's drywall ceiling, took all the drywall down. And that was one thing that Pat ended up doing is wheelbarrows of stuff that that Pat and another gentleman basically tore all the junk out, all the insulation, all the stuff, and had to take it outside. So, which in, which increased the amount we had to get done. And so here's this. That's the the ceiling. So we're building the second floor. So you can move on. Um, just that's after the walls are up. That's maybe about day one. Um, they didn't have pre-made trusses, so we had to build. I'm no builder, the center ridge pole thing and the rafters or whatever they call going up to it. Had to build it. We got part, halfway built, and they said, the, steep, the pitch is too steep. We're not going to be able to do this. They had to go and recut. They took, they took a sawzall and cut down the, bo- the boards that held it up and dropped it down two feet. And uh, we, that's how we changed the pitch. And so, okay, now it isn't much of a pitch after we had built it all. And then had to recut. Me and Brett were cutting the, the rafters, so we had to take them all down and get new angles and recut them. And so, uh, and then hand them all up. So, can move on. Um, just we had to paint. They're pretty smart. They painted a lot of the things that would be exposed before you put them on, so that you didn't have to go paint them later. So, just painting up some of the that's the roofing. Uh, Pat as a painter, and that's his, her little uh, uh, quality control guy, making sure she doesn't miss any miss anything. Okay, we go on. Um, working up a scaffolding, we're putting siding on, and. Uh, um, Hoisting it up, you know, everything was, was kind of tough. Is The walls are built in really close, so we had to squeeze the scaffolding in there, and trying to get sheeting up was, like, almost impossible. So I kind of shoved this stuff up in there and reached down and pulled it all up. And so, But we got it done. Uh, keeping from getting sunburnt there with a little, my little do-rag in the back of my hat. Um, I did not get burnt. 
Um, that's from the back of the building, so if most of it's done. The only wall we didn't get done was the front wall, which was smart. We did the back and the sides first, which you always do. Never paint the front of your house first. You'll never paint the back. So, um, so we made this so that the part you could see wasn't finished. Um, just working on the roof here. Let me go on. Um, that's Pastor Paulson, which is, which is the missionary there. Pastor Danielle's wife is American. They're from Wisconsin. He pastors a church up in northern Wisconsin. And they were there. They're there, still there now. They were for a couple of weeks. Carrying up shingles, the most dreaded job of the whole thing. My shoulders still hurt. Um, there's Jim and Chris, and I carried shingles, and, and we all carried shingles, didn't we? <laughs> we all did. Kevin was the shingle master. There's uh, a picture from another building taking over to the, doing it. That's the guy with his hands up in the air. That's Juan. He is uh, he's the main boss, and uh, he he loves our group. So, just about done. I think that's Stephanie with a nail gun. Yeah, right. There we go. We talked them into. They never seen what they do. This organization, you go. Um, what they do is they build houses for poor people, and it's all done through American groups or Canadian groups coming in. They do what we did, where you raise money. You come and you build it, and then they bring it. It's usually youth groups that come in. And so they never use things like nail guns because they might have 15 or 20 kids. they got to give them something to do. So they all pound. And we kept saying, listen, if we're going to get this thing done, you got to get a nail gun. And so we tried. We went online. We tried to find a nail gun at any store within uh, up, like the, up towards the border. There's some U.S. stores. We went online tried to find it. I said, we'll go buy the nail guns because we're never going to get this project done. Well, one of the workers knew somebody who had a nail gun because they don't put – shingle roofs on much and had nails almost enough nails to finish the job they said and so went and got that and if we wouldn't have got that one nail gun we never we would probably not have got done what we got done because it was a, a big project so there was one nail gun uh just some just the countryside it looks like this is just to the to the uh be south of the of the church um those are um i think that's the those are olive trees and then right next to it you see the clear area that looks brown out in the distance those are just as far as you can see grapevines. It's a huge area that produces um, wine, grapes for wine. This is a, probably a picture from actually on top, maybe on top of the house. I'm not sure, but that's just showing the area. The whole, the whole city, San Vicente, is just a valley, and it's surrounded um, by a, just a whole ridge of, of small mountains. And so it's just a valley in the middle. These are our cooks. Um, Angela is the uh, uh, the missionary, her and her husband, and married. She's married to a Mexican, a Somebody's God pastor. And then these are three ladies, and the and the one that um, one of the people referred to living in a little room would be the lady in the top left. And these are all church ladies, but they did all the cooking. It was great. You know what? None of us got sick this time, and we think the reason we didn't get sick is they didn't try to make us American food, <laughs> which they messed up. We're like, just cook us Mexican food. It was great, and none of us got sick. And so we're very happy, kind of cooking in progress. See that window right behind Kevin? Um, that wasn't there. The first night there, Sunday, they're like, oh, we got an extra project for you. Would you knock a hole through this concrete wall with sledgehammers um, for the window that needs to go in there? We're like, yeah, sounds easy. I mean, it's a concrete wall that thick. So we, it was marked out on there, so we took chisels and chiseled it all out, and, and they just stuck a window in there. So it's just literally sticking in there and put wedges to hold it in place. They'll fix it later. So and that, that's their kitchen area of the building that's next to the next to their house. That's us eating at the same building. The kitchen's off the side. This is kind of their Sunday school room, and so that's where we ate our meals. It's a whole team there. Bunch of kids running around. That's the family that we built the house for. That's the house we built last year. And they, get what they did. They, to honor us, made us supper. 
and it was awesome. Now, is there a picture? Is there one of a big drum? Okay, this is their kitchen. So this is right next to the house. They made us so it's a 55-gallon drum with a hole cut in it. They get wood. That's like a big wok on top. It was full of oil. First of all, they sliced the potatoes, and they fried potatoes in it. Then they took chicken. It was, the chicken was phenomenal. They took chicken. They skin it. They soak it in yellow um, mustard and salt. They, just soak, they put that in and soak it, and then they just threw it right in the oil. And it was, it was awesome. I actually said, how did you make that? And I always put mustard on it. But it was, maybe it was good because we're... We felt so honored that these people who have no money, that next door, that's not a chicken coop, friends. That's their neighbor's house. Okay? And that looks way better. Last, the people who lived there last year aren't there anymore. It's a new person living there. That's an incredible improvement over what the house was last year. Last year, it didn't even look like a chicken coop. This year, it looks like a chicken coop. But that's a house for, for a number of people, and their house is just over on the right here. Their house is the nicest house in the whole neighborhood, that little one, the 20 by 28, little teeny four bedrooms. But that's their stove, and so uh, they made us cook. And so they, we had to bring tables and chairs, and we ate out there, and it was, again, just felt so honored that they made us that meal, and they just went out of their way to thank us. And, and we really wish we would have uh, recorded it, they thanked us with it. With somebody translated, thanked us for what we had, how what we had done last year changed their world, just changed their whole lives by giving them a place to live. And so we're eating here. Um, and Jim, this picture was in here because you wanted to. This is the couple that just got married. This is the daughter of the of the house where we built last year, and she just had her civil ceremony um, in Ensenada uh, one of the days we were there. Seventeen-year-old and a nineteen-year-old. Oh yeah, and. and I, and another group, it's a group like a, like a Yugo mission place, is building them a house. And it's called a pigeon house. It's a little tiny two-story house. So we saw those around the area. Jim getting a haircut. He really did get a haircut. You didn't believe him. He really did get a haircut in Mexico. And uh, Pat with one of the many little babies around there. Um, the, the kids are just adorable. They are just absolutely adorable. I think there's one or two more pictures. Pat sleeping. Um, <laughs> she wore herself out. I'm not lying. And in the Sunday school room, there was one chair. And it was kind of funny because multiple, multiple one of us, without knowing, all walked in and took pictures of her sleeping. And then we said we're going to make an album. But uh, she did give us permission to play that, to put that picture up there. And then this is uh, the day we left. Uh, just as we, before we departed, we prayed together and got a picture of us going. And so there's your, your team for the year going to Mexico. And now there should be on here a short video clip. And again, we've got to listen because we do our best to get the volume up. A video clip from Pastor Danielle. Five years ago, when we moved to San Vicente, we have to make some changes to the personage house. And we rebuilt the, the roof. And we just dream and we vision a, a second floor. We didn't know how much it's going to cost us or how much work it was going to take us. We just, we just dream about it. And after five years, we are seeing this, this dream, this vision being complete. And this is a, <laughs> something great for us. We thank you guys for all your effort that you put it on. And, and it's going to be a huge, huge bless for us. Thank you guys. God bless you. All right. So that's Pastor... Um, Danielle down there, the pastor of the church, keep praying for them. I mean, the guy's got no rest in his bones. We're not even done with this yet. It's not, the inside's not even built. And he's like, I think this summer we're going to build a new church building. I, and I said to him, I said, well, how are you going to pay for it? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, who's going to build it? Uh, people in the church will build it. And said, 
okay. And so he, he's all ready to go. And, and I said, what about building permits? He goes, a what? <laughs> I said, do you have to get permission? He goes, nah, we can do anything we want. There's no permission needed. We can, we can do anything we want. There's no law. He goes, in a small town like this, there's no laws. We can do anything. And so, uh, so they're, uh, they're, they're doing a great job in San Vicente. So doesn't it feel good to know that we're part of what they're doing there? And three years in a row, you as a church have, have really blessed. Three years ago, we bought them a car. They didn't have a car. They, we have brought them for a service. And by the way, they're going to plan on being here this summer. They haven't been in America for a couple of years. They're going to plan to be at our service this summer. They'll let us know when, they, when they'll be in the, in the States. So we bought them a car three years ago because they didn't have a car. And they'd have to take them. And none of the people in their church have vehicles. And everything they have to do with anything legal, they have to go to the next main city up, which is an hour and a half away, a city called um, Ensenada, which is a pretty big town, 600,000. So then you got to drive up there all the time. So the only transportation is the pastor. I don't know how he gets anything done because all he's doing every day is driving people to Ensenada, it seems like, to the doctor, to something. He's only with the car. Well, you guys bought him that car. We bought him that car as a church. Um, now, um, last year we built a house, and it, their church has doubled. And a big part of it was they're the first Yugo house that was outside of Ensenada. We're an hour and a half south of Ensenada. So we are the first ones to get them to agree to go all the way down there to do something. So this is kind of a brand new thing for their community. And now we've come in and helped build the thing. So, so, um, so we're partnering with them and helping them make an impact in that town. And uh, it's pretty cool, huh? Amen. Well, why don't you stand with us this morning? I'm going to pray. I know it's a lot different service than normal. No real sermon, but I guess seven mini-sermons. And I hope something in what we shared um, spoke to your heart that, number one, you'll just want to have a greater passion to walk with Jesus. Uh, number two, maybe God's talking to you in the future where you do whatever next mission trip is that you want to go along. Um, number three, maybe you just want to recognize that you don't have to go to Mexico to do work for God. You need to do it right here, right? Well, Jesus, thank you so much for just a, a different day. Thank you that we come together today. We can celebrate um, this great experience that, that we had as a church to be able to go and, and make a, a real difference in a place where a little bit makes a big difference. Lord, it seems like so often we try to do, to do things and, and we live in this great big world and, and they can get swallowed up in just the enormity of, of life. But Lord, in a little town like that, 5,000 people in the middle of nowhere where no one seems to care about it, kind of just a little wide spot in the road in the middle of the desert, that Lord, um, you placed a minister there who is gifted and is and is talented and Lord has a passion for you and is, is hard working and Lord what an incredible difference you're doing in that town through that man and through the, through his wife and through all the people in the church and Lord we would just pray your blessings upon them Lord thank you for the 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 chance the opportunity the privilege of partnering with what Pastor Danielle and Angela are doing there we pray you'd continue to use them and bless them and Lord in any way you want us as a church to continue to be part of that God we just say speak to our hearts We'll do whatever you ask because it's all about you. You're the core. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for being good to us. Amen. Amen. One parting thought. Thank God that you have soft mattresses and you don't have roosters next to your house. God bless you.